And I just decided that everything I'd read about, everything I'd researched, everything I'd ever found out, I was, I was going to do all of it. Um, we had one, you know, one shot to try and do IVF and I had a limited time. The doctor said he would test my FSH till Christmas and after that he was done with me and that he'd only let me try once. We'll do every single thing we possibly can. And we did. Welcome to Get Pregnant Naturally, where functional medicine and natural fertility solutions will help you get pregnant and have your baby. Welcome everybody, I'm Sarah Clark and my mission is to inspire, motivate and empower you. Most of all, I really want you to wake up. So with functional medicine, we can discover what causes infertility and eventually reverse this condition. Today I'm welcoming Anna Rapp to the podcast. And we're gonna be digging into low ovarian reserve, the mind-body connection, prayer, and getting pregnant naturally. So I met Anna in May of 2017 when she participated in the Fab Fertile Mindfulness Fertility Series. So she was trying for her second baby and she wanted to participate in our program. So she writes about her about natural fertility solutions and offered to join in exchange for an honest review uh, of her experience. So you can check out her blog at To Make a Mummy. Uh, Anna also has an extensive list of well-researched blogs on what to do to prepare your body naturally for, for pregnancy. Um, she has blogs on detoxing your kitchen, what to do about hair dye, um, non-toxic personal care items, non-toxic kitchen items. You know, I really love her writing style and her refreshing take on the journey to conceive. So I'm just going to kind of share a little bit about Anna before I have, uh, have her join us on here. So... Um, so Anna got, her preg got pregnant naturally when the doctors had given up all hope. So after two years of trying to get pregnant with multiple early miscarriages, endometriosis, and MTHFR mutation, low AMH, low antral follicle count, and FSH reading of 34, she was told that she would never have a baby with her own eggs at, at an age of 32. She was frustrated, sad, and on the verge of depression. She was given one shot of IVF but only if she lowered, uh, lowered her FSH significantly. She embarked on a series of life-changing diet, exercise, spiritual, and emotional work that lowered her FSH to 12 and helped her get happy and healthy while preparing for IVF. Now, she never did actually try, uh, need IVF. She was pregnant naturally in under three months. And you can find uh, uh, um, Anna's blog at tomakeamummy.com. So yeah, I, Anna, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you, Sarah. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah. So maybe kind of just elaborate a little on your story if you could and kind of how you came um, to do this work. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, so, um, you know, just like you said, I had, we'd been trying for two years. Um, and when I got all those diagnoses, I was, I was really in a, in a bad place. Um, and I just decided that everything I'd read about, everything I'd researched, everything I'd ever found out, I was, I was going to do all of it. Uh, my husband and I joked I was going to do all the things. Um, we had one, you know, one shot to try and do IVF, and I had a limited time. The doctor, um, it was the summer, and the doctor said he would test my FSH till Christmas. And after that, he was done with me, and he'd only do donor eggs with me. Mm. Um, and that he'd only let me try once. And so I said, you know, we said, we better go in whole hog. We'll do every single thing we possibly can. Um, and we did. And it was amazing. And we, you know, we, we got pregnant. We had our miracle. 
Um, and we were also, we were very open about it with our friends and our family. You know, the first year or so we'd been trying, we'd been, we'd been quiet. Um, but I had one pretty rough miscarriage where I wound up in the hospital. And after that, we wound up telling our family and friends. And then once I got pregnant um, and we decided to announce on Facebook um, we, we were very open about the infertility journey um, and about how this was a miracle. Um, and then after my son was born, um, I would post things on Facebook about still, remember, you know, still remembering the, the infertility journey and what a miracle he was. And as a result, I wound up getting lots and lots of emails and messages from friends um, who were either struggling to get pregnant or who knew someone who was struggling to get pregnant so it seemed like every day I'd log into my email and they'd be like, hey, Anna, can you, can you email me all the things you did um, so I can share it with my friends? You know, she's been trying for a couple of years and she's having a hard time or she wants to, you know, increase her egg health before IVF. Um, and each time I would write an email and it would be long and it would take a long time. And every time I would forget to write something down because I'd, I'd done so many things. Mm -hmm. um, and so when my son was about six months old, I stopped being able to sleep at night because I kept... All night, I would think about all the things I had done and how I had to write them down so that, so that the world would know, yeah. um, so they'd know my story. And, um, and so I decided, I decided to start the blog. And so that, that was where the blog came from, was I had to get this all written out. And then when people emailed me and said, how did you do it? I could just send them the link and say, mm -hmm. here it is. Um, and uh, and it, took a, it took a long time before I realized the blog could be a business. Um, for a long time, it was me just trying to write this and share this information. Um, but last spring and this summer, um, the visitors to my blog have, have really, really grown, have become quite substantial. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's, it's become, you know, not just a way for me to share information, but also for a way for me to develop professionally as a person, which is really exciting. No, oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you were so, yeah, maybe share a little bit of kind of that decision to be open about your, your, your journey. Cause so many people, there is a lot of, it is kind of like there's shame with this. And that's why I'm doing this podcast to kind of, you know, share, share this information that we, that women are, are couples are struggling with this. And there, there's, there's, there, you, you may feel these emotions, but it's important to be able to share with, you know, maybe a, a trusted person. So how did you first maybe start to be, be open or were you just always open? So I was always open with maybe my parents, um, but, but not more than that. But after that first miscarriage, which was after a year of trying, um, I, we decided that we, we really wanted people to pray for us. Uh, so when my mom said, you know, can I, can I tell the grandmas and the great aunts and the, you know, all that, I said, actually, yes. And, and can you ask mm -hmm. them to pray for me, please? Um, and so that's how it started was we started telling our family and we started asking them to pray for us and they did and they would they'd send us prayer cards and they would tell us they were praying for us um and then i started telling my friends and i started telling my colleagues and it it for me um having the support and the love from my friends and family was so much more was so important that i could endure the silly comments you know like my grandma would always say, uh, you know, why don't you just adopt or, you know, you know, you know, someone would, you know, have you tried this position, something, you know, silly things that, mm -hmm. but they, but, but the, the love and the support was so much that I was able to just sort of ignore those comments and it was totally worth it for us. I know it's different for, for different women. Um, yeah. So for you, so for you, those, those comments, you're able to kind of brush them aside because you just felt this overwhelming love and those, those prayers really meant a lot to you. Was it, was exactly. that, was that part of your life beforehand? Pray, like, um, prayer and those sorts of things? Um, oh yeah, prayer has always been part of my life, but I'm not like a, I'm, 
I don't think I would have considered myself a super religious person. I think that actually this, my, my, our baby journey really brought me closer to God and, and, and helped me develop spiritually quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was part, you know, I talk, um, this isn't really answering that question, but um, I think a lot about the gifts of our infertility journey, um, which I, I try to call our baby journey, not to, so I don't dwell on the word infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, uh, you know, when I, when I look back on it and I'm able to see how many gifts that we got, you know, we learned to, how to cook right, how to eat well. We learned how to get toxins out of our house. Um, and then I learned a lot about self-care. Um, you know, I, I, I developed my relationship with God. I, I learned yoga. I learned, I developed a gratitude practice, you know, all sorts of um, ways for, for self-care. And all these things are going to help us our whole lives. Um, so anyway, yeah, this, that was one of the, one of the blessings of the journey. No, oh, exactly. Yeah, it is. It is kind of looking, you know, a healthy mom and dad, healthy pregnancy, healthy baby, and then, uh, you know, beyond, yeah. beyond. Yeah. So maybe we'll kind of um, touch into how um, we'll talk about the, the fat fertile mindfulness fertility series and kind of your experience with that series and what, what your um, thoughts are on it. So I, I really enjoyed that series. Thank you for having me participate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say um, one of the, so, so my approach to um, with my, my first pregnancy, um, my approach to uh, mind body work was a little bit like woo woo for some people, right? You know, very, very prayer and, and spirituality and meditation and visualization. And your, your fab fertile program really came at the perfect time because I was blogging. And one of the great things you guys do in that program is you talk about the science behind mindfulness and the science behind meditation, um, which is really helpful and was really helpful for me to learn about how to talk to my blog readers. Um, cause a, a lot of them want to hear the science behind it. Um, so that was really helpful. And then I also really liked, so after I, I did so much self-care and so much mind body work trying to get pregnant. Um, but after I had my baby, I didn't have time to do a lot of it. And it's it sort of, you know, I do a thing here or two or here or there. Um, and one of the great things that your program reminded me was that if I could just do one piece of self-care every day you know, if I could just do one thing every day to take care of me, um, then that was a really good start. I didn't have to do 20 things every day. I could just do one every day. Um, and reminding me to just be mindful in my everyday actions. Um, and it was, uh, that was really helpful. And I also really loved watching the other women in the group um, and how much they grew during the series. You know, it was only a six-week series, but how mm-hmm. much they grew and how much they appreciated it and how much they learned. Um, it was very cool. Yeah, it's neat about the science piece because I'm finding a lot of, I, maybe because we talk a lot about the science piece with, because I work with Brandy, the functional, you know, functional nutrition practitioner and Amanda, sorry, um, Amanda's our, our fertility yoga and then um, Amira the, the run, that we, we, co- we co-facilitate yeah. the program with. And I guess, yeah, so it's interesting because I'm getting a lot of medical people coming to me because of the, the, the science stuff we speak about. So it's interesting. So before you were feeling you were more in the, woo-woo kind of side of things. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Like what were you, you doing that you would consider would be the, the woo-woo stuff? So, so the woo-woo stuff turns out to be science stuff. I just didn't realize yeah. it. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> it all turns out to be the science stuff. Um, so uh, I did a lot of um, uh, uh, meditation and visualization. Mm-hmm. So I would make sure, um, oh, so what's it called in the science language? Uh, the relaxation response, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't know it was called that. 
but what I, but I was making sure that every day I, I got there every day I got into, um, you know, what you might call like a trance state, um, mm-hmm. where you're, you're fully deeply relaxed. And during that I would either do a guided, you know, I'd be listening to audio and do a guided visualization of, um, you know, a successful pregnancy, you know, successfully uh, conceiving and a successful pregnancy and birth, um, or, you know, something else about health or nourishment or happiness. Um, and, you know, and, and at the time I thought I was just doing this woo-woo stuff, but, but later on afterwards I realized actually this is, this is, their, this is science. There are studies mm-hmm. out there that show if you do this 15 to 20 minutes every day, you totally reset your body, exactly. um, which, is, which is pretty amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I was doing uh, acupuncture and prayer and yoga um, uh, and, and gratitude practice, all things that actually do have studies behind them showing that they help with with happiness and health, health and fertility. Um, yeah, definitely. Acupuncture. Yeah. The uh, fertility and sterility, it talks about, you know, increasing before transfer, after transfer, it's, you know, there's um, studies that prove that that can imp- improve the chances of conception. And obviously yeah. with Alice Dilmar, with, with the, the, exactly. the yeah, the pioneer of, of my mind, body fertility and, and her 20 years of, of running that program. She's a Harvard researcher. So all, all those studies, people in her program had um, after uh, six months after the program, they um, 55% of people went on to uh, get, get pregnant. And then within two years, um, over 90% of um, women became a, a mother somehow. So yeah, the, um, and the support part of it. So going through it with the other ladies, yeah, what was, so might, sometimes people may feel it could be hard to share with other people or what was your, have you been in a group setting before um, sharing kind of these intimate thoughts or what, what was your take? So I'd done one group setting before I had done. So when I was trying for my, for my first, I did uh, the Julian DeChova fertile heart program. I did a teleconference series with her. Right. Um, and that was, that was, a, that was, you know, it was a group mind body program um, coming from a very, I, I, I don't have a better term for woo-woo coming from a more woo-woo perspective. Um, but, um, and I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed the group aspect of yours also. Um, and I think that's one of the things that Alice Domar finds in her research is that the, the group programs are, are the most effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a, a combination of that, that the therapy that you get from talking with other women and knowing they're struggling with the same thing and you're not alone out there. And also sort of being held accountable. It's not just you at home reading a book, oh, I need to meditate, you know, or oh, I need to be mindful. It's a group of women that you then check back in with and say, okay, are you using these tools? Um, which makes it much more likely that you will. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And that's kind of as a coach, that's what I'm all about with the accountability piece. And you, you were talking about the one, the one thing we would have people do. And yeah, that's kind of moving people forward. And because sometimes you can be in these settings and it can be like a big, can be very negative it's like heavy, heavy emotions, right? So, and then when there's nothing to, no tools to take away or nothing to do afterwards to kind of help with that, it can be the heaviness. There's just no outlet for it. Yeah. And I don't think I could do that. I never, I never went to one of the resolve groups. Um, I remember reading about them and I remember thinking I I can't just go sit someplace where we're all crying. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure that not all the groups are like that, but I, I definitely like a, like a a proactive mind body oriented group, Mm -hmm. um, a healing oriented group. Yeah, definitely. And as far as your, your biggest takeaway, anything that kind of came to mind? Um, well, my, my biggest takeaway as a blogger was just how important it is to teach women the science behind this. Um, mm-hmm. 
but my biggest, my biggest takeaway personally um, was, was a reminder about doing daily self-care no matter how busy you think you are. Um, and, um, and, and, and it jump-started me back into doing the mind-body work, which I had been putting off. Um, so, that, that for, so personally, that was, that was um, a big thing for me. Yeah, that's nice. I always, I, yeah, I remind women all the time and, my, and myself too. Usually when I'm coaching someone and I'm telling them something, I'm like, oh, Sarah, you actually need to do this too. So right. <laughs> the more I talk about it, I'm like, okay, you got to do more of this. But yeah, the right. self-care, which is, which is a, yeah, an integral piece of this. And it's kind of, um, yeah, as women, we take care of everyone else and maybe you know, put other people first. So yeah, what little self-care pieces, you talked about visualization and prayer, anything else that you kind of... Um, took away that you, you put into your, your daily routine? Um, well, there's also gratitude, definitely practicing gratitude. Um, I returned to doing that again. Um, and then, and then just being, so let me just be more specific about the mindfulness, just remembering um, like when I'm eating food to think about how that food is nourishing my body and how it's going to make healthy eggs um, and a, you know, a warm, happy uh, womb um, and how it's giving me the energy I need to make a baby. Um, so things like that, just, you know, you know, just taking a moment to, to be in the present whenever I can. Yeah. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. We, we, we do one of the exercises in there is talk is actually, yeah, it's a sensory exercise with food. And then also I suggest about trying like when, when you are eating to eat mindfully, because a lot of times we could be reading something, listening something or, or talking with someone. And then we've just shoveled the food in and we didn't even we didn't give thanks for it. We didn't stop to actually even look at it to see, you know, to appreciate it. Cause sometimes we're eating it by standing by the counter, you know, it's sort of, um, and, and this is something we, we, you know, we're eating at least three times a day, sometimes more. So it's kind of to be able yeah. to use, use that time to, um, that, that could be self care. Right. And, and, and mindfulness. Absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so who do you think this series is really for? And you've kind of talked a little bit about your blog, but maybe share with us. I think that, you know, it's obviously it's for anyone who's trying to get pregnant, any, you know, any woman who's trying to get pregnant, but um, uh, I think it's, it's probably best for people who are um, more beginners in the mind-body journey and who uh, don't understand the science behind it and don't really know where to start. Um, I think that's probably the best. I think for people who are already yoga masters, Zen practitioners, um, doing deep meditation every day, it's, it's probably not targeted for them. But for most women, for most women who are just starting on this mind-body self-care journey, it's, it's right for them. Right. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it is. It actually, you know, we're, we're finding that, you know, I'm, because we're more and more science-based and we kind of, that's, as I say, that's who I'm attracting. And most people, when we're talking to them, they've, I think in this day and age, people know what meditation is. They know mindfulness. But the, the thing is, they haven't been able to integrate it into their daily routine. And yeah. people say they don't have time for meditation. As the saying goes, they should meditate even more. Right, right yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. uh, awesome. Yeah, so what, what do you think, Anna, about the, uh, the role that uh, mind, body, prayer, spirituality plays in your fertility journey? So I think that uh, mind-body work is pretty huge in my fertility journey. I mean, it's um, I, I consider it one of the three big pillars of my fertility journey, and it's one of the things that when I'm talking with the readers of my blog and they're you know they've already committed to the diet and, and getting rid of the toxins in their life, um, it's it's the one that like they really need the help and the push to 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 do to to add into their journey. 
Um, but I, I actually developed a whole mind body practice. Um, and uh, there's a blog post about it on my website. And it, I integrated it throughout the day. So I would wake up and I would do dream journaling followed by visualization. Then I'd do a short yoga practice. Um, later in the day, I would do uh, meditation visualization. I'd do some body work. I would do prayer throughout the day. Um, and then I would usually do a yoga, another yoga practice at, in the evening. Um, and then before I went to sleep, I would do visualization. So I know it sounds like a lot, mm -hmm. but I just integrated it throughout my day and what I did until it became a habit and it became natural. Um, and it really helped. I think it's one, it's one of the great blessings of my journey that I learned how to do that um, and just become a, a healthier, happier person for sure. Yeah, and that so so some of these practices were any of them part of your routine before? Is it all new? So um, some of it, I guess I I I I'd always done some prayer, but not a lot, not throughout the day. Um, and occasionally throughout my life, I I toyed with meditation and visualization, but never with this kind of intention, um, never with this kind of purpose. Um, you know, this was like the intention all day, every day for all of this work was. Um, uh, having super healthy, beautiful eggs, uh, lush, welcoming uterus, and getting successfully pregnant. Um, so it was all focused on that. Um, but but and I, I had done some of it before, but I was it was tailoring it all to to this. Uh, but I certainly added quite a bit <laughs> for the focus. Yeah, focus on fertility. Uh, maybe talk about your your dream journal, which I, I I love. I have like really I remember all my dreams. They're usually. There's maybe a few scary ones, but in general, they're they're quite fun. I enjoy my dreams, and um, although I haven't started a dream journal, I I do. I, I for me, there's a lot of. Um, I'll get a lot of deja vu. I, I they're they're always in color. There's people mm. that have passed away that come and and visit me in my dreams. So it's 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 quite a for me. It's a good. Um, I enjoy it, but how, yeah, for your dream journal, what's, what, what have you? Yeah. So, um, so it actually, so it was a practice suggested by, uh, Julia Indichova. Um, mm -hmm. I did her fertile heart program and she suggested that everyone dream journal. So basically as soon as I would wake up, I would, I would, I had the journal right next to my bed and I'd start writing down all my dreams. And I was amazed at how many dreams I could, I could remember. Um, you know, before that, maybe I'd remember one, but I'd remember like five dreams and I just write it all down. Um, and then I would sort of contemplate them throughout the day. And I felt like they often had, you know, some kind of message for me from myself. Um, mm -hmm. And there were a lot of visits from, um, from ancestors, uh, from deceased family, um, really nice ones. There were a lot of positive messages I had in the, the months before I got pregnant with my son. Um, I had a lot of dreams of nursing a baby. Um, it was just really wonderful. And it's actually, it's really nice now to go back and read those dreams, especially the ones where I now know I was pregnant, but I didn't know yet I was pregnant, mm. um, and to see what was going on in those dreams. And, and it's pretty amazing. I also, something that was really important that came out of the dream journal was I realized I had a lot of pent-up anger. So I'd been someone who, you know, like I was always just like a super nice girl, woman, you know, you didn't get angry or always nice to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things the dream journal helped me realize was that actually I had some anger that I needed to express. Um, and not at anyone in particular, but just in general, you know, the, the, the struggle with infertility and trying to get pregnant and being frustrated. Um, and, um, and so I did, <laughs> um, and that was really, really helpful. Um, so I think it, I think 
it's dream journaling is just, it's just a way when you get in touch with your dreams, it's a way to get more in touch with yourself and to listen to all the things that your body and your spirit is trying to tell you that otherwise you might miss, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. What, and, and were you aware, were you, were you always kind of, did you remember your dreams in the past? Like, was this something that was part of your life or it just with the dream journal just really kind of brought it to the surface or totally brought it to the surface. I mean, I'd thought about it in the past and maybe occasionally once a month, I'd be like, Oh, I had this really cool dream. Let me tell someone about it. But this was totally different. I mean, this was writing it down like this. And I would also, before I would go to sleep at night, I would say, I'm going to remember my dreams in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helped me remember them, I think. And, um, uh, no, it was totally new and different for me. And, um, I kept it going throughout my pregnancy um, but then when my son was born, um, and he was a newborn, I, I, I let it slack off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I think it's, it's a beautiful practice for anyone. Nice. Yeah. And I guess with the anger, so how did you, um, what kind of tools or process did you go through there to, to, um, recognize it and, and, um, deal with that? <clears throat> so, so I got angry with God mm-hmm. <laughs> and I let myself be angry with God and I like let it out in prayer and I, and I wrote it down, um, I wrote it in, I had another journal that was just like a journal, like a fertility journal. Um, and I, so I wrote it down in that and I, and I, and I, I spoke it out loud in prayer. Um, and, and I, and I, uh, I, I was lucky enough that I had people around me that I was able to talk to this with, about this with. Um, so I was able to talk to my husband, my mom, and I had a couple of girlfriends who were struggling to get pregnant too. So sometimes I could process some of the stuff with them and be like, you know, I'm actually really angry. Um, and just saying it out loud to someone, I think is really helpful instead of just holding it all inside. Yeah. Just so, so, yeah. And, and especially when you, like many of us don't even know we are angry. Right. And then you're like, why am I, what, and it kind of creeps out to the cracks when we least yeah. expect it. And then, then we might be, say something to, you know, a loved one that we didn't mean. Meanwhile, it's because there's this kind of brewing thing in there that just needs to come out. Yeah. yeah. So you, you kind of use a number of different tools for that. That's, that's, yeah, it's important to be able to express that. Um, yeah, and then I guess with, so with your yoga practice, you said you did that, it was that a couple times a day, you said? So I would do just a quick, like five to 10 minute, um, uh, like sun salutation in the morning, just to make sure like my blood was flowing and I was awake. Um, and then in the evening, so I would, every afternoon, I would either go for a 45 minute hour long walk, or I would do the restore fertility DVD, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Um, So that one's tailored to what part of your cycle. So I would do whatever part of my cycle I was. And that was like a 45 minute practice. And then usually right before bed, I would do one or two poses. So just like legs up the wall Mm -hmm. um, or um, something like that, just something to relax and chill um, and uh, something fertility focused. And the restore fertility one, which one is that? That is, um, I got it on Amazon and it is, um, it's really cool. It incorporates yoga and self acupressure. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So so like you're doing a yoga move and you're like stimulating blood flow to the ovaries at the same time. Kind of weird. Really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have one for the, uh, um, uh, for menstrual period for, uh, follicular ovulatory and luteal phase. Okay. It's called restore. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, maybe share, I saw on your website there you talk about um, the lottery ticket and prayer. So, so this is, um, so I didn't start out with the intention of being like a, um, a, a, a Christian fertility blogger. I just wanted to blog about natural fertility remedies. Um, but as I 
you know, wound up in, incorporating more about prayer, um, I wound up uh, interacting with with women who identify as, as Christian fertility bloggers. Um, and I would read their stories and read their posts. And, um, and, and some of them had this sort of, they would say, well, I'm not going to make any changes. I'm not going to change my diet. I'm, I'm going to keep running marathons. I'm going to, you know, whatever. Um, because it's God's miracle and God will make it happen if he wants to. And I totally believe that. God, I totally believe God can do anything if he wants to. Um, but, but for me, I, I, I always think of this story. Um, and it's about this, uh, this lottery story, like you mentioned. So it's um, this old man goes to, goes to church every single day, every day, every day. And he goes and he prays, please, God, please, God, let me win the lottery. Please let me win the lottery. And you know, the next day, please, God, let me win the lottery. Down on his hands are on his hands and knees, you know, please God, in front of the altar, please God, let me win the, the lottery. Um, and this goes on for, for weeks, for, for months, until finally God can't handle it anymore. And so the guy's praying, he's saying, please God, let me win the lottery. And God's voice booms down and says, please, my son, buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love, I love this story because it's like, we have to meet God, way, God part way for our miracles. Like we have to meet him halfway. Like, and I think that part of the mystery of, of, of miracles it is the change it has on our lives. And so, you know, you know, God's saying, you know, for you, actually, you're going to have to do a lot of work. You're going to have to get rid of all those, uh, you know, uh, toxic ingredients from your shampoos and your cleaners in your house. And you're going to have to overhaul your diet and become really healthy. Um, and you're going to have to work on your self-care and do some mind body work. Um, and, and, and I need you to do that so that I can make your miracle happen. Um, and so, so, that's an important, an important message for me um, and important in the way I express, um, you know, my belief in, 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 in prayer and my relationship with God in this journey. Yeah, I, I really like that because I am, I am very action oriented. So that sort of sitting back, although, you know, that's obviously important to, to believe right in the higher power of the universe, Absolutely. but to me with, a, with taking action yeah. along, along with it. Yeah. I also, mm -hmm. I talk about it as showing up for your miracle. Like mm. let's, let's show up for your miracle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. As you say, meeting, meeting halfway. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Another quote you talk about uh, from the book that I, I really liked in the movie um, by Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, Eat, Pray, Love. Um, one of her uh, quotes here says, uh, so prayer is a relationship. Half the job is mine. If I want transformation, but can't even be bothered to articulate what exactly I'm aiming for, how will it ever occur? Half the benefit of prayer is the asking itself in the offering of a clearly posed and well-considered intention. If you don't have this, all your pleas and desires are boneless, floppy, inert. They swirl at your feet in a cold fog and never lift. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, I think that, you know, that can be applied to both prayer and to meditation and to yoga and to any kind of mind and to mindfulness in general. I mean, it, so if you're just saying, oh, I want a baby, I want a baby, please, God, let me have a baby. Um, you know, God could be like, yeah, sure. In 20 years, you'll adopt. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe that's what will happen anyway. And that's what's meant to be. But, um, you know, you really want to take the time to, to put that visualization into prayer to, to figure out what you really want. And I had been for, um, you know, the first year and a half of my fertility journey, I'd been too nervous to ask God for anything specific. So I'd just been saying, please, God, let me have a baby, however you deem is right. And I was also so nervous. I was too nervous to ask for what I really wanted because I thought I would be terribly disappointed if I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. um, but the truth was I had to ask for what I really wanted. So I started praying and visualizing and meditating on 
um, getting pregnant with my own eggs and my husband's sperm naturally. Um, so imagining that happening, praying for it to happen, asking for it to happen, knowing that it might not, and that we had other plans if it didn't happen, you know, there were next steps. Um, but, but asking for it outright and knowing that I was already suffering and disappointed. Um, so I might as well ask for what I really want. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then again, I think that just sort of follows through for, you know, when you're, when you're visualizing, um, you know, like actually visualizing that perfect egg being developed, actually visualizing it be released, visualizing the sperm meeting the egg, the embryo traveling down the fallopian tube and planting in the uterine wall. Um, you know, I think that all of that is really important. Um, but it's part of, part of making things happen. Yeah. And it's sort of a, a lot of women actually have, they, they have, have a difficulty either seeing themselves pregnant, visualizing themselves as a mother. They can't really wrap their, their mind about it around it. And so you've, you've, you incorporated um, this visualizing of the actual process rather, rather than saying, please give me a baby. So the, the actual yeah. process of how it would happen. Yeah. So I did, I did both the process and then visualizing myself as a mother. So the mm-hmm. actual process, and I try to imagine whatever, wherever I was in the cycle, what was going on. Mm-hmm. I watched that video, the miracle of life right. on YouTube over and over and over obsessively. Um, I would also just throughout the day, like always in, in the shower, I would always imagine that my belly was huge and large and I couldn't see my feet. Um, and I would imagine like what it would feel like to hold that big round belly. Um, And then I would also, I would do visualizations about like our future with children. So one of the easiest things for me to see was um, to imagine uh, Christmas morning and imagining um, little kids coming, like our little kids coming down the stairs and seeing the Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was one that I would, I would imagine often. Um, And then there were some visualizations in, in the Fertile Heart program and Julia and Dechova's program. Um, I can't remember exactly what they were, but they were about visualizing your future family and um, everybody being together and happy. Um, so I, I think that's important. I've also talked to a lot of women who just can't even imagine being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the more you can imagine it, the more helpful it is for sure. Yeah. I think that's nice. The one about the, the, that brings a little tear to my eye, the ones with the kids coming down the stairs, yeah. to see the, the tree. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and definitely, definitely, um, Google the uh, miracle of life video. That's a really powerful video. It's, I think it's about five or six minutes long and you can, it just goes through the whole entire process with some really nice music to, yeah. to, um, to aid you along in the, in, in, in the watching. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah, so you have a guy here actually that talks about seventy nine diet and lifestyle strategies to get pregnant naturally, um, and I, I, I um, obviously with, with with you know with my my coaching program, it's it's, it's that layering approach, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's the, it's the diet, it's the emotional health, it's the functional test, it's all this, it's a layering, so not just one thing, it's the, it's the mind body, so. Um, yeah, and so seventy nine kind of seems like a lot, right? It was oh my a goodness, lot. <laughs> you're like for so for someone who's new to natural health, you know, how do you suggest they start to implement these changes? So I think it's different for everyone based on their personality. Uh, for me, you know, this had ever ever since the first month I didn't get pregnant when we were trying, I started researching, um, but I didn't do everything. So in the back of my head, I knew, oh, you know, meditation would probably help. Dream journaling might help. Oh you know, this kind of a diet might help, you know, eliminating dairy might help, um, eliminating carbs might help, but I had never actually done it. Um, oh, we should probably change our shampoos. Eh, maybe I'll do that when I go to the store. And then sort of when I, when I reached that, that precipice where the doctors were like, 
sorry, lady, um, you know, you, you got to fix your FSH and maybe we'll let you do IVF once. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, I have to do them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I did it was I sort of set up a, like a daily planner, you know, so here, like I had like a little, here, here's the diet, um, you know, here's what I'm supposed to be eating, here's what I'm not supposed to be eating, here are the supplements, um, here's my daily mind, by, mind body work, um, the non-toxic stuff we just, we just overhauled, we just did like in a week, we just mm-hmm. threw everything out and got a bunch of new stuff. Um, and although that one has been a continuous process as we continue to improve and find better, better, safer um, products and things for our house. Um, but so for, for me, in my personality, I'm sort of an all or nothing kind of person. So I'm either like, I'm either in it or I'm not. So for me, I needed to implement everything right away and just be full on 100% about getting pregnant, full on 100% about getting a baby and doing all the things. And I also felt like then I would never have a regret. Like if I did all those things, all those 79 things, and I didn't lower my FSH and I wasn't allowed to do IVF or if I wasn't, it didn't work, then I would never have any regrets. I would know that I had done absolutely everything. Um, but I, I will tell you something important, and that is before I implemented all of that, we actually took a break. So, and I think that's really important because there's a lot of women who have been trying for years and years. They're anxious and they're depressed, and they've been trying, you know, they're doing the pineapple and they're doing the supplements and they're trying to do all these things. And then they find my list of 79 things and, and they want to do it all, and, but they get really overwhelmed and they get really anxious. Um, and, uh, and they just, they feel like it's too much and, and, and they feel like it'll go on forever. And uh, my, my, two, my two big pieces of advice are first, if you've been trying for a while, consider taking a couple months break. You know, con- consider taking, if, if you're in an emotional place where you're already really, really struggling, you know, consider taking a couple months to drink some wine and have a cheeseburger and then, and then commit to it. Um, that, that's what worked well for me. I needed a fresh start because I was just down in the, I was down in a bad place. Um, and if I had tried to jump right into this, it would have been too hard. So I, we took about a two month break. Um, then it was the beginning of the summer. We went on vacation. We had fun. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm buckling down. And, and the other thing was, the other big piece of advice is give yourself a time limit. So we had a time limit. I started at end of July, beginning of August doing all of this. And my, my doctor actually was the one who set the time limit. He said, I will not test your FSH beyond December. So if, if you're able to change it through December, then I will consider IVF with you. After that, I will only do donor eggs with you. Um, so I knew, and I also, through the research, I knew that egg health um, uh, takes 90 days. So I was like, I can do anything for 90 days. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do any crazy diet. I can, I can get rid of gluten. I can get rid of dairy. I can do like zero sugar, zero sweeteners. Um, you know, I know soy, the whole shebang. I can do it all and be totally committed to it for, for three or four months. Absolutely. Um, and, then, and then have no regrets. Um, and I think that was a really important part of implementing all these changes because if you're sort of on an open-ended baby journey where you're like, we're just going to keep trying naturally for years and years until it happens, or we're just going to keep doing IVF over and over and over until it happens, then implementing all these changes can be a real drag. And, and you can feel like, am I going to be on this diet for the rest of my life? And that's not helpful. Then you can't be positive about it. Then you can't be like, I'm getting healthy and happy you know, then you get stuck in this, 
what am I doing? Why am I doing it? How long is it going to take kind of a thing? Um, so I, that's my other big piece of advice when implementing these changes is ha have a plan, have a fertility plan, a baby journey plan with your partner. I'm going to, we're going to spend this long, you know, this many months trying it this way and doing absolutely everything. No regrets after that. This is our next step. This is our next step, et cetera. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that, that, that targeted plan, right? Yeah. 90 days for the egg to renew itself, 70 days, 70 to 80 days for the life cycle, of the sperm. Yeah. So in that, like that short period of time, you can make massive change. And then, you know, but some people, when they hear some of all the things you have to do, it can be overwhelming. That's why it's, you know, in our program, we have, we look at the functional testing first and the kind of, in the beginning, we sort of start with some of the toxins and we start pushing people to, you know, moving towards organic and then uh, once the testing is finished, we do an elimination diet. So then they can start on that, start to see how they feel after the elimination diet. You're like, oh, wait a minute. So when I, you know, take out gluten, dairy, corn, soy, eggs, peanuts, when I take those out and start bringing them back in, oh, I feel this because it's different right. for everyone. But yeah, but in the beginning, you're like, wait a minute, I got to do all this. It's, right. it can be like overwhelming. And you don't know because infertility doesn't happen in a bubble and you don't know how badly perhaps you are feeling until you start feeling awesome and it's yeah. hard to describe to someone yeah because for myself for years with these food intolerances and other gut infections and things going on I would have thought I was okay and then you know the health began to suffer and you're like wait a minute you're kind of backed up against this wall and you don't really realize there's another way and that you Absolutely. can feel better and you can feel freaking awesome yeah and eating yeah. healthy is like I kind of look at other people and like okay you can eat your food that's all brown on the plate i'm gonna sit over here and have this like delicious <laughs> vibrant colored yeah i don't know yeah it's not about deprivation i guess kind of no and i you know the the word the word diet has like negative connotations mm -hmm. that, but i i still use it but i but I, I i try to focus on nourishing like you're focusing on you're learning how to nourish your body like what foods nourish your body um, because you want you need all the energy you can to make beautiful eggs a healthy uterine lining and then to support a baby. So like what food nourishes you and gives you the most energy. And like you were saying, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't realize how good I could feel until um, for me, I, I think the big one was dairy. Um, of course, at the same time that I was doing the diet, I was also, you know, doing the mind body work and, and everything else. So it, you know, it's hard to separate, mm -hmm. uh, but, but, uh, but in my heart, I know that dairy was a big one for me. And I had been chugging, I knew I was lactose intolerant. I'd been chugging down the whole fat, uh, lactose-free dairy mm -hmm. because, you know, the mainstream diets, fertility diets all said you were supposed to have that whole fat dairy. And, That's I, right. and so for, you know, for two years, I've been chugging this stuff down. Um, and then, you know, I read the studies about the gluten and I thought, well, you know, if gluten can do that to you, then if I have an intolerance to the casein protein in dairy, then that might be doing it to me. Mm -hmm. And then I read a couple books like the, uh, the, um, Inconceivable by Julian Dechova and a couple other women just sort of anecdotally who were like, hey, I gave up dairy and it helped. Um, so I gave it a whirl and I felt great. I mean, like I dropped 10 pounds, my blood pressure went down, I had more energy, my skin cleared up. Um, I, I really needed that, that, that kick in the butt. My acupuncturist also was like, dairy makes you feel sick, but you're still eating it. What are you doing that for? It's so funny because we, we intuitively, that's why I have women listen, like we intuitively know what this food is doing, but it's, and usually it sucks because it's our favorite food yeah. and we love the cheese or the ice cream, whatever it is. And then um, we try to pretend that that's not the case. And I've read a study that says over 75% of, of people can be intolerant to dairy. 
and you know and it's we're the only mammal on on you know the face of the planet that eats that drinks milk from another another animal right. um and it's yeah to me it's kind of like wait a minute not everyone is intolerant right so if you are then you can you switch switch to organic and the if the fertility diet which based on the harvard nurses study of over um eight eight years of studying over eighteen thousand nurses you know they recommend um full fat dairy over over skim milk but to me before you go that route make sure that you are not intolerant right right and agree. don't kid if yourself you, if you can do dairy then yeah do the full fat there's no point in doing the low fat but, mm-hmm. but for a lot of us, we can't. Yeah, exactly. And for years, when I my my well, I did the skim, I did the skim milk. I remember growing up, we did the powdered milk, which I don't know what was going on there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when you were implementing all these changes, you were working full time, you were volunteering. Um, how did you keep? So you you talked about the the daily planner, but for someone who you know, most women that 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 come to me, they're they're working women, right? They're, they're, they're busy. So um, any other little tips to stop with the overwhelm? Because the, the planner kind of kept you on track. So, so again, so I just totally gave myself up over to this journey. Um, and I also, we drastically uh, skimmed back our schedule. Um, so I, I, you know, for a long time, I'd been listening to all those good intention friends and family who were like, oh, you know, don't focus on it and don't relax and just live your life and have fun and it'll happen. And so when I buckled down, I was like, you know what, I'm going to absolutely 100% ignore that advice. And I'm going to 100% commit to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that meant that I, I did a lot less. So I was working full time. Um, but at work, I would, you know, I would eat healthy, I would drink my filtered water, I would, I would, I would pray, I always took um, for my lunch break, I would always go for a nice walk outside in the sunshine. Um, there was a garden nearby. So I would go, you know, be with, be with the flowers. Um, and, uh, and then my evenings and my weekends, you know, this is just what we did. We, we, we cooked healthy food. We went for walks, we did yoga. You know, as soon as I came home, I did some body work and meditation. Um, and on the weekends I was still going, we were still going hiking, but we just drastically cut down on our, um, on other things that we did. Um, and we weren't going, we weren't going out to eat a lot at all. Um, and that was easier for me. I know that's hard for some people, for some people, you know, their lives are, going out eating and drinking with their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for us, we were really homebodies, so it wasn't that hard to, to trim it down during that period. Um, but um, but I, what I thought about it is I had this, an earlier acupuncturist, um, and she, she was really great. She said, Anna, the universe knows if you're too busy to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, babies take a lot of work. And they require you to basically be a, be a servant to the, to the baby mm-hmm. um, and to turn your life over to them. So the universe, she, you know, she talked about the universe as opposed to God. You know, the universe is looking to make sure that you have enough energy and that you have enough time to be a mommy. Um, and if you're, you know, if you wake up every morning and you're bouncing around from this to this to this and you're never sitting down and you don't have time to journal and you don't have time to stare out the window and you don't have time to sip a cup of tea and think deep thoughts, um, then you're probably not going to have time to, to have a baby. Um, another thing we did was my husband and I committed to having sex every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, um, I, had, I was so, tracking my cycle made me absolutely miserable. Um, the, uh, doing the um, uh, basal body temperature made me crazy. I, I couldn't handle the cervical mucus. I just couldn't handle it. It made me, it was, it was something that I acknowledged made me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I knew I was ovulating and I knew it was a little bit changeable, but I knew it was generally around the middle of the month. It was usually days like 12 to 16. Um, but I also knew that you never know and you could always ovulate, you know, way at the beginning or way at the end. Um, and we read the one study that said there was slightly increased chances for having sex every day versus every other day. So we just said, you know what, while we're doing all this work, um, we're going to have sex every single day, um, except for when I was menstruating. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's something that people balk at and they're like, how did you have time to do that? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, ladies, if you don't have time to have sex every day, you don't have time for a baby. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just about starting to adjust your life ahead of time um, to, you know, clearing out your schedule and making that time so that, so that you're telling the universe and you're telling God, I can do this. I've got time to be a mommy. Um, that was the way I thought about it. And, and, and the people who said, you're crazy. I can't believe you're spending so much time on this. Why don't you just relax? I just started to ignore them. Yeah. Listening to your own voice. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, yeah. You said committing and really sending an intention for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I talk about, yeah, opening, opening the space for the baby. Cause if you're, if you're working 50 hours a week and yeah, you don't have time to eat properly, well, exactly. when the baby comes, where, where's the baby fitting into this, this schedule? It's not so going to work. Yeah, yeah. Prepare ahead of time. And I think on your website, I saw there, you had uh, something about making steamy, was it steamy lovemaking uh, during, uh, during the, yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Free <laughs> ebook on that because it, so, so this is, um, so one of the complaints that women often have about the fertility journey, the baby journey, is that um, sex can get kind of boring when you're just doing it for baby making. And that is actually the way it was for us up until we decided to have sex every day. And when we decided to have sex every day, the only way to have it be fun was to make it fun, was to, was to actually like make it steamy and enjoyable. And we were like, okay, if we're going to have sex every day, we're going to darn enjoy this. Um, <laughs> you're <going> full tilt. <laughs> yeah. So I have a little free ebook. It's kind of embarrassing to write about openly on the blog. So I have a little free ebook you can download that sort of talks about that journey and um, you know how how we talked through that. And it, I think that was another blessing of our of our baby journey was it really steamed up our sex life, um, you know, for the rest of time. And we learned how to talk to each other about um, about sex and about what we both wanted. And um, it was it was really it's, it's embarrassing to talk about on a podcast, but it was it was really important I think for for our uh, for our marriage. No, oh, I think it's beautiful. It's, it's just sort of being able to, 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 yeah. And it's almost that, well, that daily habit of doing it every day. And then wait a minute, then it's, then it becomes part of your relationship. Cause sometimes in this sort of things, you kind of can go to your own corner and then yeah. only do it when you need to. And, and it becomes a chore, whereas committing daily and then adding some spice to it and enjoying it is, yeah. is important. So yeah. yeah. And it also yeah. took the pressure off. So if you, if you're only having sex, right around ovulation, right? If you're tracking it and you're only really having sex, then in the rest of the month, you're kind of like, eh, if you're in the mood, it can put a lot of pressure on those like four times to be really mm-hmm. good. Um, but if you're having sex every day, it doesn't actually have to be good every day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be amazing, mind-blowing sex every day. It can just be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next day it might be mind-blowing. Um, and so that was nice. So, so at the same time that we were, you know, learning each other and learning to enjoy each other more, it also somehow took the pressure off because we were like, no matter what, no matter how miserable and tired we are, we're going to have sex. And you're going to feel good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and we always enjoyed it. I mean, that was the thing. I, even if I didn't want to, I always, I always enjoyed it and was always glad we had. Um, so I, yeah, <laughs> it was another really helpful part of my baby journey. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, so share with us um, a success that you, you've, you've uh, experienced along the way. If, so, if, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, so uh, in addition to my first little miracle is now two and a half years old, I am excited to share that I am now uh, almost 22 weeks pregnant um, with another little miracle. Um, we, uh, it was just amazing. We, um, you know, we were, we were trying while I was nursing, but I wasn't doing all the diet and all the mind body work and everything. And, and, and just at the end of last spring, right when I was doing your, your fab fertile mindfulness program, um, I decided to, to buckle down. Um, and he, he was two years old and I started nursing and I, I went back and I did the mind body work and I did the diet again. And I did my fertility smoothie again with my wheatgrass and my spirulina. Um, and yeah, and, um, it, and it took about two, two months. Um, and I, and I got pregnant. It was a crazy cycle. I got pregnant on like, um, I ovulated on like day 28 or something super oh, late. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, actually had a negative blood test at the doctor before I got a positive home test later that week. Um, and, um, and yeah, and, uh, and 20, 22 weeks pregnant with another little miracle. And we are just absolutely thrilled. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm so excited Thank for you. you. Thank you. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's really amazing. Oh yeah. So um, on that beautiful note, um, yeah, so your favorite resources, um, apps or books or websites um, that you yeah. just love? Yeah, so I actually have on my website, I have on the top bar, I have a resources link. Um, so I, so my, first, my first favorite things are books. So I love It All Starts With, with the Egg by Rebecca mm-hmm. Fett. Um, that one was like the first one that like sort of spelled out in an evidence-based way, mm-hmm. you know, why the diet worked, yeah, why the science, exactly. exactly the science behind it. Um, I love the infertility cure by Randy and Lewis. That's mm-hmm. like my, uh, it's like my acupuncture Bible. So, yes, yeah. so, so I would go to my acupuncturist and my acupuncturist actually doesn't speak English terribly well. So she would be like, oh, kidney yang deficiency, avoid cold foods. But I wouldn't really know exactly what they meant. that meant. So I, whatever she said, I would go home, I'd pull this book out and use it like an encyclopedia. Okay, what does this mean? Um, you know, what diet changes do I need to make? What lifestyle things could I make? Um, and then I love Julia Indichova's books, Inconceivable. I love her mm-hmm. Real Heart program. I think she's very cool. Um, it was very inspirational. Um, uh, I think that, that made a big difference on my, on my practice. Um, I mentioned the DVD restoring fertility. I think that's a, uh, that, that was my favorite yoga DVDs since that time. There's have been a lot of fertility yoga that's come out. I think you even have some on your website. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, you know, there's a lot of options now. That's just the one that I used back before there were a lot of options. Um, and that I still use, I used it this time also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love circle and bloom. So that's mm-hmm. on my website. I know that's on your site too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just absolutely love it. It's the easiest way I think to get into that um, uh, into that deep relaxation that you really want to do for 15 to 20 minutes every day Um, you know all you have to do is lay back and listen to the program you don't have to actively visualize anything you don't have to actively pray you just get to lie and listen with your headphones um, and Mm -hmm. it works so I think that's that's really wonderful Um, and um, yeah, I mean, those, those, are, those are my, my big ones that I sort of feel like uh, can help everyone. Um, I started using um, the AVA bracelet to try oh, yeah. ovulation. Yeah, so this time I was able to do that, and that didn't make me crazy because that was just a bracelet I put on at night. Um, so that was way better for me than the other kinds of tracking. But it didn't work perfectly. Um, so I, I could see the temperature. It measures like nine different things. It was very cool. I'm very glad I bought it. Um, but... Um, 
but it, it still, it, you know, it's, it only came out last summer. Um, mm. It's only a year and a half old. They still have some kinks in the app that they're working out. Um, but, but for me, that was the only way I could track my cycle without going absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, they've, a lot of fertility tech that's come out, but yeah, the, I don't know if they pronounce it. My, my, my daughter's name is Ava. So I see it as, as Ava bracelet, but maybe it is. Yeah. Ava, I don't know, but don't know. Um, yeah, the, 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 that bracelet. And then there's the Daisy monitor, um, Kandera. There's, yeah, there's a whole whack of these ones that have just come out. And actually I was looking at the, the, um, the wellness trends for 2018 and, mm you know, fertility or, or, um, this fertility tracking is huge for, yeah. for women to, yeah, to, to obviously if you're trying to prevent a pregnancy and then for trying to track your, right. your, your cycle. So good. That's good. Good to know what you had some success with the, with that. Yeah. Cause if that, the tracking itself can be a big cause of anxiety, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was not good for me. My husband was like, I cannot live with you. <laughs> you're doing this. It's not going to work. <laughs> so I had to find a different way. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate all your, your wisdom and your, um, and just really, you know, digging in here with us. So um, maybe just share with us, you've got a couple eBooks. You've got one, um, the, the 79 things ebook all of all the strategies that you've done and also another one you have is tailoring the fertility diet to your needs um yeah probably. so these are these are all free uh, to download on my website so the first one was i just wanted to i think i said at the beginning of the podcast that i started this blog because i kept getting emails from women saying what did you do what did you do mm-hmm. so i finally just wrote it all down in one big list of 79 things um, and I think that one, like, that's a great place to start if you're interested in, in my story and my, in my blog. Um, and that's right on my website. And then also I have a free ebook on, uh, tailoring the diet to your needs and your diagnosis, because I think it's, I think it's a, it's a problem when people say like, this is the one perfect fertility diet right. for everyone, because, you know, some people have endometriosis, some people have PCOS, some people really need a lot more protein than others. Um, I mean, there are some lucky women out there who can eat full fat ice cream, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, Um, so, so I mean, there's, it's really important that you, that you figure out your needs and you figure out, um, and that, and I, and I think that, you know, you take charge of that and you take ownership of that, of figuring, figuring that out. I I really like that. Um, I love that piece. As I mentioned, I have that one ebook on the, um, how we keep baby making hot. Um, And those are all those are all free on my website. Excellent. So yeah, in the show notes, I'll have links to these so you can uh, download those on uh, Anna's website. And yeah, thanks again, Anna, for joining us. And uh, have yourself a fabulous day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Take care. Thank you for listening to Get Pregnant Naturally. Seriously, it means the world to me that you're here. So make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can be notified of upcoming episodes. I'm excited to offer you a special gift. If you're a U.S. resident, text FERTILE, F-E-R-T-I-L-E, to 345-345. You'll be prompted to enter your email address and you'll receive our guided fertility visualization recording. It's led by a certified hypnotherapist and you'll explore the fertility garden and tap into the relaxation response. So for U.S. residents, text F-E-R, T-I-L-E to 345-345. For non-U.S. residents, go to www.getpregnantfreebie, so G-E-T-P-R-E-G-N-A-N-T, 
F-R-E-E-B-I-E.com to access your special gift. So that's Get Pregnant Freebie to access the guided fertility visualization. And I love this quote from Gabrielle Bernstein. The universe is always speaking to us, sending us little messages, causing coincidences and serendipities, reminding us to stop, to look around, to believe in something else, something more. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.